Well, um, so last year or a few years ago, I was house-sitting for my dad. And like, like, I'm a grown man, okay? So I can watch TV in the dark. I can take a stroll down the street outside in the dark. But like, as soon as you turn the lights off and get into bed, man, everything changes. Like, anything could happen. You know, I kept doing the classic, like, you hear, like, a tiny sound and the tiniest of sounds... And like you think it's just somebody breaking into the house to murder you while you sleep. Have you guys done that before? Like I, I was so worried. Yeah, so I was so worried that I actually slept with this massive knife under the bed because I was so scared of people breaking into. Like I was like, well, what suburb was it? It was somewhere up a bit north. Like it was like the Wyoming of wherever I was. It was like not the greatest place in the world. Oh, thank you. That's so nice of you. Oh, that's water's the best. Anyway, massive knife. I didn't have to use it, thankfully. But um, there was actually, like, this, I'm a bit embarrassed to actually admit it, but one night I legit thought there was a ghost in the house. So I heard, I heard this noise in the lounge room, and I knew, I locked all the doors and windows. And stuff. No one got in. No one got in. It must have been a ghost. And, like, I kept hearing noises. They kept getting closer and closer. And I'm just going, oh, man, please don't be a burglar or a ghost. Kept coming closer and closer. And, like, the noise jumped up on my bed. And I heard licking. And it turns out it was just a cat. It was just a household cat. Nothing to be worried about. But, like, if... So, so I had the knife right. Thanks, guys. If I fell asleep... like. The knife would have done me no good because I wouldn't have known whether or not people were breaking in because if I was asleep, I, I wouldn't hear them. I wouldn't be able to protect myself from people breaking in if I was asleep. Like, I wouldn't actually realize if anyone was in there. Guys, now, so I wouldn't have realized they were there if I was asleep. Now, would, what about God? If he's real, would we even realize he's there? You know, where is he? You know, we look around and we see so many religions. We see, like, people worshipping Allah, Vishnu. We see people following the teachings of Buddha. And there's people who claim that there isn't even a God to make himself known to us. So if there really is a God, why hasn't he shown himself to us? You know, where is God? You've probably asked this question to yourself before. I know I have. You know, we're going to look at that question tonight. But before that, I want to pray to God because I'm convinced that He is there and I think He wants to show Himself to you tonight, guys. So pray with me. God, we, we know that... Well, some of us here believe that You are there. Some of us don't. God, we just ask You that You'll show Yourself to all of us. Help us to see that You are there. Help us to live knowing that. Amen. Okay, so why doesn't he show himself? Well, you might be surprised to hear this, but the Bible says he already has. And the Bible also says that we need to live knowing he has. Now, let's look at two ways that he's shown himself to us. The first one is that God has shown himself to us through what he's made. Have a look at the screen. Psalm 19 is going to come up that we had read for us. If you've got your Bibles, have a look there as well. Psalm 19, verse 1. 
The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. Now, what these sentences are saying is that the skies or the heavens, they say stuff about God. They, they say stuff about His glory, which just means His awesomeness. And they tell us about how good God made the universe. God didn't leave Himself without a witness. He, the way He made the universe, He left His fingerprints all over it. And they tell us something about Him. Check out this picture, right? Now, who knows what that is? No, it's the earth. See, it says earth. So, like, you... I don't know if that's America or not. That's probably America. But you couldn't see yourself on... Guys, just a bit of silence. Thank you. You wouldn't be able to see yourself on, like, from that picture because the planet is too big for you to see yourself. You are tiny compared to it. But our... Guys... Our planet is just one among eight planets in the solar system. I'm not sure if you can see that so well, but all these names are different planets in the solar system. And it, you, if you can see the dot, you can, well, you can barely see the dot compared to the massiveness of the solar system. Our sun is just one sun among heaps of suns or stars in our local neighborhood of stars, right? Like, there's heaps there. Now, this little group of stars is just one group among millions of groups in the galaxy we call the Milky Way. Now, there are about 400 billion stars in the Milky Way. That's so many. And it would take you, to get from this end to that end, it would take you 100,000 years if you traveled at the speed of light. That's a, that's a massive galaxy. But... I get, this just blows my mind. This galaxy is just one among heaps of galaxies. This is like our little neighborhood of galaxies. This is our street block of galaxies. Each name there is its own galaxy with hundreds of billions of their own stars. Now, this little neighborhood is just one neighborhood among a bigger neighborhood of neighborhoods of galaxies. This is called the Virgo Supercluster. You don't need another name, but like this is massive. Every like you can't see it that good, but there are like little dots everywhere. Each dot is its own galaxy. Now get this: this supercluster or super neighborhood is just one super neighborhood among billions of other neighborhoods. These are like the other superclusters that are most closest to us. Get this. This, this neighborhood is just one neighborhood among billions of other neighborhoods in the observable universe. Each little dot there, whoop, each little dot there is like one little cluster of galaxies. This is just the part of the universe we can see. There's more beyond it. The universe is massive, and it's so complex. Now think about this for a second. Why is that all there? Like, how did it get there? You know, it can't have just popped into existence from nothing. Have you ever seen something pop into existence from nothing? Like, we, can, we never see a shoe pop into existence from nothing, let alone trillions of galaxies. Nothing pops into existence. Nothing begins to exi- exist without a cause, without 
being caused to exist. The only way for the universe to exist is if, if it was caused. Which means whatever caused it must have existed before the universe to cause it. And that's God. God caused the universe. It's the only possible explanation for the fact that there is a universe. Things just don't pop into existence from nothing. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to believe that God created the universe over six literal days. Now, I, I think that a Big Bang is a pretty impressive way to create a universe. But regard, regardless of how God made the universe, he left his fingerprints all over it. Now, what does this tell us? Well, at the very least, there's a God trying to make himself known to you. What does this tell us about God? Well, pretty much we know he's God, and he's powerful, and deserves to be worshipped. Only a powerful divine being could create all of this. Don't be fooled into thinking that there's nothing out there, or that God isn't trying to tell you something, because he is. Now, you might be sitting there going, you know, that's cool, like, sure, maybe God's you know, showing himself through what he's made. But for me, I need something more than that. You know, I need God to come down and you know, do a bunch of crazy stuff, say some hectic things, you know, and prove in the flesh that he's God. Now, that's a pretty big ask to make of God. Like, he doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't have to do that. He doesn't need to prove himself to us. But you know the crazy thing? That's exactly what he's done. The second thing that we've got to see tonight is that God has made himself clear through Jesus. If you've got your Bibles, or if you don't, have a look at the screens at Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. For by him, that's Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him, and for him. So I want you guys to notice two things here. In verse 16, it says that Jesus created everything. That's something that God does. And in verse 15, it says that Jesus is the image of God. Which means that when you're looking at Jesus, you're seeing God. Because he's the image of God. Now, the interesting thing about Jesus is that not only does he show us God... But he also is God. And God chose, decided to show himself to us in a very real, tangible way by becoming a human. Jesus entered into our world into a point of history. Boys on the couch. Jesus entered into human history in a point in time 2,000 years ago. And he proved to humanity that he was God. If you want to know about God, if you want to know what he likes or doesn't like, if you want to know if he's loving or good, look at Jesus. Because Jesus is God as a human. Now together we're going to look at two things. We're going to look at the evidence that that's true. Like, sure, I'm saying all this stuff, but prove it. Let me try. And we'll see what he's made known about God to us. And... Because the Bible is claiming that God revealed himself in human history 2,000 years ago, it means that Christianity can be 
disproven. It can be disproven. But that also means that it can be proven. Now the big deal breaker for this is the evidence that Jesus rose from the dead. If that happened, he was real. I'm going to give you um, four facts that convince me that Jesus rose from the dead. And if Jesus rose from the dead, then what he said about himself is true. He is God. He has power over death. Death isn't the end. And heaven and hell exist. If his resurrection actually happened 2,000 years ago, then God really has shown himself in Jesus. Alright, fact one. Jesus really lived and really died through crucifixion. Now this is actually a widely accepted fact by historians. There's a guy called Tacitus who lived in the first century, who we get most of our information about the early Roman emperors from. He said this, Christians derived their name from a man called Christ, who, during the reign of Emperor Tiberius, had been executed by sentence of the procurator Pontius Pilate. And you've got other references outside of the Bible that Jesus lived and died as well. Fact two. The tomb that Jesus was buried in was empty after three days. Now, Jesus was buried in a well-known tomb by one of the leaders of Jerusalem. And the tomb was just outside the city. Like, you could walk to this tomb. Now, the disciples, they were going around telling people that Jesus had rose from the dead, pointing to the empty tomb as evidence for the resurrection. If that wasn't true then people could easily have just walked over and checked the tomb to find out if they were telling the truth. But no body was found in the tomb. No one found it. And people ended up believing the disciples. That's how Christianity started. No one could have stolen it. The tomb was guarded 24-7 by Roman guards who were trained to kill. Plus, Jesus, the enemies of Christianity who wanted to stop Christianity from spreading they just accepted that the empty tomb was empty. <laughs> like, they didn't try to say, no, 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 the body's still in there, go check it out. They, they assumed and accepted that it was empty. But the only way that it could be empty is that if Jesus rose from the dead. Fact three. Hundreds of eyewitnesses claim they saw Jesus alive after he died. Now, listen to this verse in, in the Bible from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. This claim was made when most of those 500 people were still alive. Like, imagine if I told you guys that yesterday, right, 500 people saw a UFO flying over Erina. Like, it would be so easy for you to go check that out. If 500 people saw it and they're still around, you could check that out. Not only that, but most of the people, most of the people who are saying that Jesus rose from the dead, they died, they suffered and died for what they were saying. Now think about this. Would you die for something you made up? I don't think so. Which means they didn't make this up. Fact number four. Christianity began in Jerusalem. 
that this is where Jesus died, where he was buried, and where he appeared to some people afterwards. And it's hard to explain Christianity, how it started, how it attracted so many people, if it was all made up. Because it would be the easiest thing to disprove it in the town that it happened in. Like, again, like, so if I say yesterday, horde of zombies ran through Erin Affair, like, the people in Erin aren't going to believe that unless it actually happened, because they live in Erin. They know what happens in Erin. Just like that, Christianity wouldn't have been able to start in the place it all happened in if it didn't happen at all. Un- unless it happened, it wouldn't have been able to start. And that's just a taste of the evidence. There's, there's seriously so much more. And if you want to hear some more, like come up and talk to me afterwards. All this evidence points to the fact that Jesus, that God showed himself to us in human history and he's made himself clear to us. Now the question we started with was, if God exists, where is he? Well, I reckon he's there. He's shown himself to us and he's made it clear to us that we don't treat him like we should. And we're actually all separated from him because of our sin, because we don't treat him like God. But he loves us, so he died on the cross to bring you back to God. That's a God who's shown himself to us. You might have came in here thinking that God hasn't made himself known to us or shown himself. You might have thought that it's okay to live your life as if he hasn't. But guys, he has. He has shown himself. And so it's up to you now to decide what you do with Jesus. It's up to you to decide how you're going to respond to Jesus. You, ha- you can't live your life without dealing with Jesus. So what are you going to do? And God says the way we respond to Jesus will determine our eternity. This is how you respond to Jesus, the right way. Come to him as your king and trust that he can bring you back to God because you need him to. That's all you need to do. That's the right response to the God who's shown himself to us. Trust Jesus as your king and saviour. Let me pray, guys. God, thank you so much that even though you didn't have to show yourself to us, you have. Thank you so much because without you telling us about you, we're completely lost and we are completely unable to find you by ourselves. So we are so thankful for that. And Father, I pray for those here who are trying to find you. Please help them see you. Please help them to see Jesus for who he is. Amen.